The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the May 29th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk a little bit about the fun game we had yesterday, a couple Game 7s over the weekend. We'll do that. We'll talk a little bit about the Celtics who are out, and we'll focus on the Cavs in the finals matchup for Cavs Warriors 4. With me to do so is Ryan Knauss. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Enjoying a little little calm before the storm here with three days off before the finals. And, yeah, trying to use the opportunity to look into some draft prospects and prepare for, for what's to come after the finals end. But it should be should be good. I mean, yet again, we see LeBron versus the Warriors. So it should be, should be fun. It's And people who are casual fans are just like, oh, it's so pointless. It's Cavs-Warriors every year. Whatever. Yeah. I, I was my, my, my wife is solidly in that camp. <laughs> yeah, most people are. Um, I'm trying to, like, who were you? I was rooting for the Warriors last night because I I, I just love them. Like they're just so fun, and I, I get that it's a different team. And I mean, if Chris Paul had been healthy, I think I'd be more inter- interested. But, yeah, um, I, I love I the, rare, Warriors. I the Warriors. Yeah, I rarely have a rooting interest. I guess I guess part of me wanted the Rockets to win just because I like a good underdog. So I'll say that. Yeah. Well, that, the uh, LeBron to Houston things definitely gonna be on now. But, um, yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah. So I do want to talk about that game really quick. And like you said before we hopped on and recorded, the third quarter was the difference. Um, the, so this is a wild stat. In the last two-thirds, the Warriors had a plus 82.4 net rating. in uh, was 24 minutes. Uh, and that's been the story, really, their whole postseason. They are at best. And so for first, their first, they had a 2.0 plus. Second... Plus 5.4, fourth 1.3, and then 33.1 in the third. Um, so that's that's something Cleveland's going to have to watch out for if they just come out hot in the third. Yeah, that's uh, it's unbelievable. And like I said to you, it's sort of a carbon copy of Game Six, where the Warriors came out kind of sloppy, committed a lot of turnovers, gave over, gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. Um, Coach Kerr was so mad. I think he was the the winner of the the media award recently. Yeah. Yeah, the Rudy Tomjanovich Award for for being courteous and open with the media. But you saw uh, during his little first quarter interview, he answered one question very tersely and walked away. Said it was one of the worst quarters that he's ever seen the Warriors play. Um, But they were only down, what, 10 at halftime. And sure enough, another just majestic third quarter where they controlled every aspect of the game. Their defense ratcheted up the intensity. Uh, the, the shots the Rockets were making from the corners in the first half weren't going down, and yeah, they just turned it on. It was it's unbelievable how they could flip the switch like that. Yeah, the Rockets missed threes. You live by the three, you die by the three. They were five of thirty on open threes yesterday. Oh. That's not going to cut it. Uh-huh. Do you have the the stat for the Celtics open threes in their game seven? Because that ha- that had to be they were just bricking oh, open yeah. three after open. 
Yeah, I don't have that. We can, we can look it up in a second. But yeah, that was yeah. also another one. It, 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 so similar. Like, just missed threes yep. cost both teams. Not a lot of analysis you need to do when teams are just <laughs> just bricking threes. I mean, it's, you know, make they, or miss. And they had 17 offensive boards. Like, they had all the hustle stats. Yep. But they just couldn't hit shots when... And then once you saw Curry hit those two threes and Clay hit a three and the third, you're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Floodgates yeah. open. Yeah, they had a seven, what, seventeen point lead early, and just the Warriors just went on full Warriors mode like they always yeah. do. Yeah, I think it was seventeen in Game Six, fifteen in Game oh, Seven, yeah. and yeah. both times, yep, just yeah. turned around and got crushed by the big scores. So Steve and I are going to focus on the Warriors on Thursday. Anything you want to add uh, on that side of things? No, we could jump. I'll, I'll let you guys tackle that. We can okay. talk about the Cavs and what they did to the Celtics. And yeah, that. let's talk about the Celtics first to put a bow on their season. Man, there's going to be a lot going on here uh, with Marcus Smart winning big money. Obviously, Rogier really blossoming into a solid, strong, capable starting point guard. But he did concede that Kyrie's a starter um, yeah. after the game on what I think that was Monday afternoon. Um, and a little press conference, but um, yeah, so uh, like I guess for the fantasy side of this, like you and I are saying, there's so many variables here. We don't know if Kyrie's going to be healthy. We know the big quotes from Ainge saying he doesn't think Kyrie has 82 games with him anymore, so that's a big, big hit. Uh, I'm not touching Kyrie in the first three rounds. I know Jonas said so. What do you, what do you think about Kyrie? Uh, I'm with you. There's just too much risk, and I think he's one of those guys whose name carries a lot of weight, so some other owner in all of my leagues is going to be willing to take him probably in the late second, early third. I'm not going near him there. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll try to get an elite point guard in the first or second round for sure as usual, but it's not going to be Kyrie. Yep. Um, what about like the whole Tatum, Hayward, Jalen Brown really blossomed as a scorer as well. Um, obviously Rogier could get minutes. We don't know what's up with smart. They're going to have a tough time retaining smart. Um, if he wants to get upper teens millions, um, so how do you feel yeah. about their wing situation? Well, just on Smart real quick, especially because, you know, over the summer I, I wrapped him up with his final blurb and, and mentioned that every year you hear reports about how Smart has improved his range and he's, you know, he has better form on his three-pointers and stuff. But yet again, he shot 36.7% from the field this season, which was a career high, tied his career high, uh, 70, under 73% from the free throw line. So... He's so good. He's such an X-factor defensively. He's unbelievable. Uh, can get you those energy plays, the steals and transition buckets that can turn a game around. But for a guy who just can't hit open shots, it's tough. I mean, you saw the Cavs were willing to let Marcus Smart shoot threes, and he missed them. Um, I think he was oh, of 1 of 10, maybe, in Game 7 um, from the field. Just brutal. So, right, if he's going to want, you know... $10 million uh, annually, that's tough. I don't know, because the Celtics are eventually going to have to pay Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and um, it's going to be tough. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Smart. In terms of those young guys, it's a reality versus fantasy kind of question. Love them all in in reality, obviously. Tatum and Brown just give them such an incredible core to go forward with. The Celtics uh, front office looks genius for trading down to get Tatum. Um, but in fantasy, I'm not that thrilled, because... Their usage rates are going to take a hit. If Kyrie's healthy, as you mentioned, um, Hayward, we don't. It's sort of a huge question mark. But if he's back, that's twenty to twenty-five percent usage out the window. Um, both those guys probably aren't going to start. So, too many, too many variables for fantasy. Um, 
to, to really go near him, especially Jalen Brown with the brutal free throw percentage, uh, 64% this year. That takes a big chunk out of his value. Yep. Um, if you compare Paul George's injury to Hayward's, they're not identical, but similar. Um, mm. You know, you would think he gets back on the court early. He should be, you know, obviously Paul George, he played, what, six games, I think, in the season he returned. But, um, yeah, it was, it was he, he was not himself. So he's going to take a little bit, but, yeah, eventually he'll be, you know, 25 usage rate, 35 minutes or so. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, man. I, I think I'm interested on Tatum. But I still think he's going to get overdrafted uh, just because he was so, so good and he's so, so young. Everyone knows he's 20 years old now. They say it like every every quarter pretty much. But um, yeah. yeah in the 60, but, 70 range? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in 70. Uh, I could see myself. Even 60, I mean, I'm interested. Yeah. Depends on who's so. there. But um, I'm interested in Al Horford too. I kind of had him. I did my ranks, uh, I guess, a month and a half ago or so. I had him, I think, at like 51. But I think that was kind of low, just because there's such a mess going on here. They may make a trade, too. I mean, this team's just so, so deep. I mean, their second unit's better than a lot of teams' first units. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with all the, all their young talent they have. I mean, Dice was playing pretty well. Uh, Yabuselli's still got a little bit to go, but this team's just top to bottom. It's one of the deepest rosters in the NBA versus yeah. the team we're going to talk about, which has, like, the shallowest roster we've ever seen in the finals, you could say. Yeah. But, um yeah, so pretty much, and Rozier is pretty much handcuffed. Like, if you take Kyrie, you're pretty much going to have to take Rozier at like 75, 80, I think. Yeah, probably right around there. Yeah. And as you said, showed that he can start in a pinch. Um, didn't shoot well in the playoffs, especially versus the Cavaliers. He shot, I think, under 40%. Um, so some growth, you know, growing pains there. But uh, again, another super impressive young guy that the Celtics have ready to go. Um, I guess with Horford, I'm with you. I think he's probably the safest Celtic. Um, you got Aaron Baines is going to be unrestricted this summer, so who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Daniel Tice, they're almost definitely going to guarantee his $1.4 million team option, For or sure. rather it's non-guaranteed. Non uh, but Horford's just rock solid. It doesn't really matter if they bring back Baines and Tice. Um, Greg Monroe, also unrestricted. Can't see him, him coming back. But no matter what happens, Horford's going to find his 30 to 34 minutes a game. And he doesn't need usage to get value. He's so efficient. Won't hurt your free throw percentage from the center spot uh, over a block per game this year. That's really all you can ask for. Do you think... Um, I'm trying to think. Do you think he'll have a similar... I think Kyrie being limited helps him too. And he also, well, I'm sorry, what I meant to say originally was... He fell off late last year, though, during the season. Like, I, I had Horford in a couple, and I loved him for the first four or five months of the season. But he kind of disappeared late. Does that bother you at all? No, I, you're right. But I, I think it was more fluky than anything. I'm, he's, too, he's been too solid for too long for me to really read into one second half, you know, quiet performance. Yeah, he does this. Um, what, two years ago, he had that. He had, what, like a six-block game or something, I want to say. Five or six blocks. I was like, oh, yeah, Horford's going to block a lot with the Celtics. And then just disappeared there. So he does that, um, which is fine. Like, Millsap does it. A lot of guys, power forward, just disappear for, like, 10, 15 games. So it just so happens it was at the end of the year for him. All right. Anything you want to add on Boston? I think I'm good. No, we'll talk enough about him over the summer, I'm sure. sure. We can up the Cavs. 
Yep. So, Cavs, again, fourth time. And we don't really know much about what they're going to do based on their personnel because the last time they played, this was on the 15th of January. The starting five for that game was Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Kevin Love, LeBron, and J.R. Smith. So, very different looking team. Um, yeah, we're still talking about like Wade getting 25 minutes, and it's, it's just different. Um, so we really can't go based on how they're going to approach it. But just generally, uh, and then we should also add that Kevin Love's still in the protocol. Still has two days. And, I mean, his concussion didn't look bad. The problem is he had concussion in March, um, late March, and then he had one in the, in the finals in 2016, and then he had another one a few years before that. So he's going on three concussions. Like, that's bad, man. Like, um, so do, do we think... And it's also important to know, like, Love gets run off the court when he goes against the Warriors. Um, in the five elimination games against the Warriors, he was good in just one of the five. Um, in yeah. elimination games with the Cavs, before the dud he had, before he got hurt, he was averaging 10-7. and seven. So, um, I guess starting with the role players first with Cavs, I mean, who, who are you looking at here? Do you think is going to make an impact? Well, hey, Love can always point to the one possession where he stood up Steph Curry in single coverage uh, at the end of that finals game. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it's a it's just a brutal matchup for him, especially defensively. We don't know if he's healthy. Uh, we saw the Cavs turn to Jeff Green as their second offensive option in Game 7. It's, who knows? Um, they really need the role players to just hit shots. I mean... Uh, Jeff Green, obviously, J.R. Smith shot under uh, under 26% versus Boston. He was awful in the road games in particular. Uh, that can't happen. He was solid defensively, and he's going to get minutes. I mean, he's going to play 35, 40 minutes a game. But if he can't hit shots, the Cavs have no chance. Uh, Kyle Korver similarly needs to just fire at will. Um, yeah, defensively, he's not great, but I think it's a risk that the Cavs have to take, right? He has to play well, yeah. Um, you look at how like he's basically played better next to LeBron than anybody else. Um, he has a 58.3 effective field goal percentage off LeBron passes. Compare that to Kevin Love at 43%. Um, mm. 63%. I'm sorry, 40, ugh, 36% overall from the field on Love on LeBron passes. Um, just He's been really bad. But, um, yeah, Corver has to be the guy. Like If they're going to make a series, I expect him to get big minutes and kind of just risk. He's. I mean, I know they said, I think Hubie Brown said it that like, Corver's in the right spot a lot. You know, he's just not athletic, but he plays right. solid help defense, and yep. he had a couple of bright spots defensively. So I think you, you live with the defense, and you hope he gets hot and, you know, hits, you know, four, five, six threes in a game. Exactly. I'm with you. And then you got guys like um, George Hill. I thought it was funny because before game seven, Ty Lue made a point of saying that the Cavs are a different team when, when Hill is aggressive. He said he's going to be on him all game to look for his own shot, uh, attack the basket and so forth. And Hill ended up with six shot attempts. Um, he only made two of them, I think. And that's just not going to cut it. Uh, they need him to get out and transition. They need him to make LeBron's life even just a little bit easier by getting some penetration, breaking down the defense. If they can't get that, and it's it's telling that we're talking about all these guys like Kyle Korver needs to be hitting shots, <laughs> Jared Smith, George Hill needs to attack, uh, Jordan Clarkson needs to shoot better than 30% from the field as he did versus Boston. All these role players, it's going to be tough. And then you look at the Warriors and we're talking about four All-Stars, two former MVPs. It's just night and day. Um, so that that's foreshadowing as to how I think the series is going to go. Yeah. But. I'm totally with you there. Um, I guess we'll save LeBron for a little bit, but I, I think Hill defensively has to, he's going to guard Curry, you would think, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Curry, man, he's hot now. Um, two strong games in a row. And one thing I thought uh, fascinating about Curry, he's shooting uh, 77% at, uh, at the rim, I think it was. Let me see. Yes, no, 79%. That's better than LeBron. Uh, LeBron's also been phenomenal at the rim. I think 76%. League average is 63 So, uh, yeah, he has to play strong defense, especially with... They got, I mean... The, the Rockets finally really covered Steph better than most teams early in the series um, with how they made him hedge on pick and rolls and they really attacked him. So the, the Warriors now kind of know how to defend when you try to attack Curry that way. So they, they have to, he just has to be terrific on ball, chasing around all over the court. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a good stat line just because I think he's going to be really active on defense. And they're going to, I mean, you can't put Jordan Clarkson on him. I don't really know what they're going to do besides, besides yeah. Hill. So I mean, event. Yep, and it was, sorry, but eventually the Warriors are going to force the switches, and so I mean, as as Hill's a good defender, and he can fight through as many screens as he can as he can, but eventually Curry's going to get switched onto Jarrett Smith, or uh, you know, which is going to leave Hill defending a much taller Clay Thompson. It's just there's mismatches everywhere. Uh, it's going to be tough, and I think the Cavs have to try to hide LeBron on Draymond Green defensively, right, mm-hmm. to conserve his energy. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of tough matchups, and I think we're going to see a pretty easy game, game one victory for the Warriors, yeah. and then the Cavs are going to really have to adjust their defensive strategies. Um, I'll give them I'll give them one win just because of the LeBron factor, but uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. And the second unit, I mean, who's who's going to step up? They got Jordan Clarkson with a 27% usage rate, but he can't get his shots to fall. Uh, if he's guarding Sean Livingston, even Livingston's got an obvious advantage every possession with that that killer mid range little mid range little post up game. Um, I don't know. Any, any other X factors? We're being very negative, but <laughs> is, is there anything anything positive you see that the Cavs can take away, like offensive rebounding with Tristan Thompson, things like that? I don't know. I'm I'm starting to come around on Larry Nance maybe being a bigger factor. I feel like he would do well in space, whereas Tristan Thompson doesn't. I feel like he can get exploited on pick and roll. And you don't want mm-hmm. to see Thompson. Like, we saw a lot yesterday. We saw Jordan Bell um, on an island so much against Harden. I could sim- see a similar thing happen um, with Tristan Thompson and Curry. So, um, yeah, I feel like they can neutralize him um, if they if they need to. But, yeah, I think La- I think Larry Nance is a better defender. They know his role where he's going to be defense first. He's been pretty much just dunks on offense. He shot really well with LeBron. He's shooting like 75% off LeBron's passes on, on like a 16-shot sample. But um, that's in the, all the playoffs. So, yeah, he's someone I would keep an eye on. Um, again, just more of the matchup. I just think you have to kind of rework this. Um, they did kind of go small um, with these um, against the Warriors. As I said, they had Love at the center spot. So I think that's probably the move. I mean, they, they may go, even if Love plays, they may just start Jeff Green um, and then move Thompson's in the bench. I'm not sure if that's the right move. But we know the Warriors, they could really expose your big man with how they spread their offense, especially if is going to play. Yeah, yeah, Iguodala is going to be key to this series, especially on the defense against LeBron front. Um, But I'm with you. I think the Cavs are going to have to go small. Um, Jeff Green, I could see him starting for sure. He's versatile enough to switch on to different players. He, as we saw, is giving Cleveland at least some sort of offensive punch, um, hitting open corner threes, uh, had some buckets in transition, all those things huge for the Cavs. So... I could see that, and Larry Nance is an X-factor for sure. Um, the rebounding, rim-running athleticism, 
Um, he needs to stay out of trouble, I think, or foul trouble. I think that's going to be tough defensively. Uh, if he's switching, you know, getting stuck on a guard or, or Durant, for instance. Um, so that that's going to be key, too, for Nance to stay out of foul trouble. By the way, I was shocked that uh, Clay got in such early foul trouble yesterday. Yeah, that was wild. I, I uh, got home a little bit late. I turned on the game. It was 4 nothing Rockets. And I was like, wait, what? It's a bonus <laughs> above Houston at 10.30 in the first quarter. I thought I, something was wrong. But, yeah, so I, I missed how that happened. Yeah, I thought that was a mistake because they put him – once he picked up the two fouls, I was like, all right, dude, take him off Harden. He's going to get another one on him. And right there on a three, uh, and he made it. <laughs> that just was yeah. – but the, hey, um, I mean, they, they filled – that's why they kind of fell off early, but Clay kind of right. avoided foul trouble after that. Yeah, he he really did. And the, the Rockets, as the announcers mentioned a few times, really didn't take advantage of that. They they kind of settled for a lot of three-pointers. Um, and they they made most of them in that first half, so it, it looked good. But I, I felt they should have kept attacking, get to the line, get more guys into foul trouble. They, they really had an advantage that they didn't uh, capitalize on. Yeah. All right, ready to talk LeBron now? Yeah, sure. All right, so cool LeBron stats before we talk about this. He's been ridiculously clutch, and I've written several times about this, but this year in particularly. So he's played 12 clutch minutes in the postseason, this postseason. 67.3 true shooting, 48.1 usage rate, and plus 55.5 net rating. Like, come on. He's just so good. Um, elimination games, his stats are off the charts. He's going, what, 34, 11, and 8 in his elimination games. Uh, and recently, those numbers are up, really, since the Dallas thing. So, uh, I don't... He's Like I said, he's shooting 76% at the rim. He has to... If, if this even goes six games, or even... I don't even know. If it's, like, five close games, like, that just adds to the, the, the legendary status, which is already... He has in spades, I guess. He's just so good. Anything you want yeah. to add before we kind of dive in? No. I mean, you, you hit on a lot of it. And, of course, every time he does something like this, carrying this team that we've been talking about to the finals again for the eighth straight time, 24 consecutive wins versus uh, Eastern Conference teams in the playoffs, it's unbelievable. And it always triggers the greatest of all time discussion and, and this and that. And even Kobe weighed in and said, like, why can't we just why can't we just enjoy it? <laughs> we don't need to belittle someone at LeBron, you know, to, to prop up LeBron or vice versa. And so that, that conversation is always overblown, but it's just fun to sit back and watch what he's doing. Um, I just, I, as a fan of the game, I just enjoy it. He was, yeah, just down the stretch in the last couple games. I mean, he's just put the team on his back, man. Uh, it's, it's just unreal. To but, quote Brad Stevens, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it really, it's so unfair, man. Yeah, like to be to be that good in year fifteen. I mean, it's just like when do we think he's gonna? When is he? Like I think he's gonna play for a long time. I I don't know. His uh, wait. So what, what was the question? When's he gonna start? Yeah, to like how well, slow down. Two part question: How long do you think he'll play, and when do you think he'll start slowing down? Oh boy! I mean, I I, I think he's a guy who won't just play into obsolescence you know what I mean I, I think he's gonna hang it up when he's still at the top of the game um but in terms of slowing down I don't know he's he's a, a freak he's defying all expectations uh he's played 100 games this season leads all players by a wide margin in minutes played yet he's still doing you know he's he's still LeBron uh I I think another two three years he could still be fully elite 
you know, elite fantasy player, elite reality, and then maybe we'll see him tail off. But there are guys like uh, Tim Duncan, for instance. I remember for three or four, maybe five years, we kept anticipating a, a steep decline in his production, and he just kept surprising us in totally different games, of course. But I think the the work that he puts in during the offseason into his body um, really shows at, at times like this. And he's he's an elite athlete who I think, yeah, three, four years, he can continue to, to play at an MVP level. I could throw Dirk in there as well with the Duncan thing. Yeah, yeah, another but, sort of t- yeah. ageless guy. I, I think he's going to play forever, man. I think he's going to play like <laughs> I think he's got. I think he's going to be great for like another six, seven years and then, you know, apply play like, you know, three, three four more after that. Um, Ball in the forty is tough, man. I, I know. Well, we've never seen this guy like this before. You know, that's true. To him to be this good, this this experienced, I'll use that word. Um, yeah. It's just we don't know. We um, we we can base on career arcs and stuff, and guys who yeah. were in their primes, so guys who, you know, like say Grant Hill, who was terrific and just crashed Penny Hardaway. You know, mm. but LeBron's just totally different, man. This guy's never had a serious injury. He's as durable as they come. He's a freak. Um, he's just crazy skilled too, man. And just, he's, he's the goat in my opinion, but um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about, um, you and I have something on the same page for how we feel his chances are. And so does Vegas. Uh, they have about a 9% chance to win on the Cavs too. <laughs> so, and that, that line is moving towards the Warriors. So very Frankly, little faith. That seems high. 9%. I'm almost surprised. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, what kind of stat lines are we looking at? And by the way, he is on pace to be the first player ever in the postseason to have 170 total boards and dimes. Um, so he's, he's pretty much just triple-double McGee every night. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what kind of stat line are we looking at? Obviously, he's just going to be huge, huge, huge usage. Like, could he, could he be 38, 10, and 10? Something like that? Yeah. I mean, I imagine he'll average a triple-double and north of 35 points per game um looking at just as a sort of baseline last year the Cavs in in the finals had LeBron Kyrie and Kevin Love combined for uh, I think 82.5 percent usage crazy so especially if Kevin Love isn't healthy in this series the next highest usage guy in this current iteration of the Cavaliers is Jordan Clarkson off the bench and then Jeff Green it's just wild. So you got to think LeBron. I mean, the off it's going to be LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. So his usage is probably going to be north of forty percent. I mean, he could flirt with forty-five. It's going to be something else. I, I don't really know. So I'm I'm with you. I think thirty-six, eleven, and ten. That's what that's yeah. what I'll put him. Yeah. Last year with the talent he had, uh, he was thirty-four, twelve, and ten. Uh, yeah. At only only forty-two point four minutes. Um, I mean, this guy. If not, the, so he got he sat out fifty seven seconds at the end of the third in game six, and then he sat out fifty seven seconds at the end of the fourth because it was garbage time. So you're talking about a guy. If that game was closer, he would have played all but fifty seven seconds in two <laughs> games with the amount of like it's just crazy this workload that he's having. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, leg- like legit. If you want to be hot take and say he averages like. 45, 10, and 10, I'm not going to argue with that. Like, it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. He has to do everything. He knows this is the spotlight. You can see, like, it was funny watching all the Cavs, like, celebrate, and they looked all pumped up. But LeBron was just, like, kind of chilling most of the time. He's like, all right, it's go time now. Like, he knows what he... The, the task at hand for him is just... 
it's it's his time to shine. Oh, oh my God! If he somehow could pull beat the Warriors, I don't even know, man. Oh, that would be surreal. Yeah. I mean, I'll sort of be rooting for that, I guess. Like I yeah. said to start this, I like a good underdog story. So yeah. if the if the Cavs can even flirt with winning this series, I'll be I'll thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. A couple other things to add. You mentioned the Draymond defense. Um, by far, he defended Draymond more than anybody else um, on the season. 80, okay. yeah. 83 possessions on Draymond. Next closest is 20 uh, at yeah, Kevin not Durant. Surprised. Um, Jordan Bell's third, which was kind of interesting. Um, so they may try to do that. But yeah, you would assume they'd try to take LeBron off for the amount of offensive workload they're going to give him, especially if Love's hurt, even if Love's playing, because Love's not... His minutes are probably going to be down regardless. But yeah, um, he'll be on Dre a lot. So that'll probably help his boards. He'll probably be closer to the basket. So I think he could maybe pull in 13, 14 boards a game, especially with the amount of minutes he's going to play. Is he yeah. going to be, what, like 45 minutes a game? I think he has to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to believe. And this is one thing going back to how long is he going to play and all this. I think if depending where he goes this summer or if he stays in Cleveland, he basically just needs more help. Um, you saw him play 82 games this year for the first time in his career. But that was by necessity. I mean, the Cavs didn't have an, an alternative, really. Um, so I think with more help, they can afford to give him uh, strategic rest days, cut back his minutes to a reasonable amount, and that'll help extend his career. So that's something I'll be looking for. And for his sake, I, I hope that he finds. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what were the most games played for regular season and postseason. And uh. I, I forgot that the Celtics in 2008, they played 26 playoff games. Uh, it was just oh, like, wow. yeah, it was like, so LeBron would have to go, and I think Paul Pierce played 80 regular season games, okay. so LeBron would have to, to do that, uh, he'd have to pretty much go six or seven to get in that discussion, uh-huh. but yeah. yeah, as far as counting stats go, man, like LeBron's counting stats are just insane, like if that Raptors series went a little bit longer, um, would have been something else. Yeah, but, so if you're, if you're doing one of a draft.com league, you're just praying that you get the number one pick in, yeah. your, in your league because he's going to be head and shoulders above the next best player yeah. just by, the, I mean, as we've been talking about, his usage, his minutes, his his historic production, um, you know, it all points to him easily lapping the field for DFS. Yeah, and then just to give her the uh, other numbers, so when they won the, the title, uh, he went 30, 11, and 9, uh, and then the year before mm. that, he went 36, 13, and 9. So, yeah, I mean, legit. Could be 40, 13, and 10, man. Like, it's definitely in a like, high pop. Like, if, if Vegas is taking that at, like, plus 500, I'm probably taking that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, you got 30% of the Cavs' offense it comes in isolation and with the pick-and-roll ball handler. So that's you could pretty much just label that LeBron. Yeah. Uh, the number one play type that they use at 16.5% is spot-up shooting. So that's that's where we talk about all these other guys. LeBron is such an unbelievable passer. He's going to get open shots for J.R. Smith, Jeff Green, George Hill, uh, Kevin Love if, if he's healthy. They need to knock those down. I mean, that's to me, that's going to really determine whether they can take a couple games, especially uh, on the road at Oracle. Yep. A couple things I wanted to add, too. Tristan Thompson was minus 16 uh, against the Warriors. That's basically the worst on the team. Um, yeah, minus 16.3. Only the worst guy was Isaiah, uh, minus 19.2. This was this regular season? Yeah, yeah the two games. Yeah. Um, only played 27 minutes against them. So, yeah, I think Tristan Thompson will kind of be 
taken out. He was terrible, too. 39 true shooting percentage. Um, he was good on rebounding, but um, not, that's about mm-hmm. it. But, um, yeah, so Corver, LeBron is going to be awesome. But um, So it sounds, I guess, anything else you want to add here before we kind of make predictions? Uh, no, I think we've hit on most of the, the highlights and lowlights, as, yeah. as it were. So what do you think of prediction-wise? I'm going to go Warriors in five. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Cavs stealing a game just because LeBron is, is who he is. Um, but I, I don't see. I think the, the depth of talent just so deeply skews toward the Warriors, uh, especially if Andre Iguodala is healthy. This this could be a sweep. Yeah, I'm probably thinking sweep. But uh, I just think Curry's finally finally ready to roll now. I think he may have not been. And then, yeah, like I said, they, they kind of know. I don't think the Cavs really have anything they could surprise the Warriors with. Like, they already had that, you know. Yeah. So they know how to counterpunch whatever they throw at them, so. Right. Yeah, uh, I won't lock. I'll I'll say my prediction for one. Uh, it's fine. I'm I'm gonna pick a sweep, dude. I think it's there. You sweep. go. Yeah. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But this, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I, you I had the Warriors sweeping the Rockets, right? I had, five, I had five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was wrong. But they that, showed some vulnerability. But also, the Rockets are obviously a vastly different team than the Cavaliers, who barely won Game Seven with 87 points. Base. I mean, you could credit their defense, but it was, as we said earlier, the Celtics just missed a ton of open shots. That's not going to cut it. 87 points isn't going to win a single game versus the Warriors. Um, so we'll see. Actually, um, so I saw, I wrote, looked up a stat. If you could keep the Warriors under 102 offensive rating, they went 2-17, and 17, I think. There's 2-17 and 17 or 2-15. and 15. Like that's, Wow, and that's, okay. And actually, four teams had, um, four te- like the teams, the four worst teams, and that rating yeah. were above that number or below that number, so it's not like laughably bad. But yeah, yeah. well, the, the, the Cavs, de- Cavs defense has looked better in the postseason, but they still ranked 29th in defensive rating during the regular season. So I don't, I don't see them doing that to the Golden State high-powered offense. But that's an interesting stat. That's something yeah. to keep an eye on. And they went, they gave up 110.3 defensive rating uh, against Ouch. during the season. Yeah. So now it's not yeah. even. I mean, we can see the Warriors. Get super hot. What they had in that third quarter, I mentioned, they had a, a 150 offensive rating. Yeah. <laughs> in, this, in that two quarter, two quarter span. All right. So I think we're good. Yeah. So you're going to talk the other side of this? Yeah. Go we'll be d- taking Keeping the Warriors with Steve on Thursday? Yep. Yep. I'm excited nice. to do I'll, that. I'll listen to that one. 20 that stats on, uh, on Curry. I'm, I didn't hit my, uh, my Curry 30 points per game goal. Uh, oh, yeah. What do, you, what do you finish at? Uh, I think he he was terrible on the road, but I think he hit yeah, it. Yeah, that's at, at struggled early. But yeah, the early struggles got him. But but he's back, baby. So yeah. watch out. Now that I, and I love how uh, Marcus Thompson was tweeting about this real fast, but um about how Curry's not taking contact and he's just so clever around the rim, you know. And like I said, he shot seventy nine percent at the rim. That's just unbelievably good for a guard. So um, yeah, it's 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 Steph Curry time, I think. Um, yep. he he's got to get a Finals MVP here, man. Like it's crazy to it's his team, and he doesn't have a Finals MVP. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Iguodala won it the one year. Yeah, and KD. Yeah, KD, and then LeBron won the Cavs one. Huh. What about maybe LeBron? Maybe LeBron will win it. Like LeBron's, LeBron has a chance to win it, if, even if they lose. If yeah, goes, I like, wonder six. how. We're, we're, we keep trying to cite statistics we don't have on hand, but I wonder how often uh, teams, a uh, player on a losing team has won the finals MVP. Like once or t- 
Have I yeah, watched? probably just a handful of times. Yeah. But you're right with with his elite production, especially if they steal a couple games. I think that's yeah. that's viable. If they get swept, obviously. No he way. almost got it over Iggy that year. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So. All right, so we're out of here on that, you guys. Enjoy the couple non basketball days. We'll be back on Thursday to finish up this preview. And thanks for coming on, Ryan. Sure thing, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.